0: Hey guys, welcome back to the woodworking podcast. I'm joined with a couple of my friends, Jay Bates from jayscustomcreations.com. Hey. And April Wilkerson from wilkerdews.com. Hey everyone. And my name is Nick Ferry and I can be found at nickferry.com and occasionally at a burger joint with extra fries on the plate.
1: Ooh, count <laughs> me in. I'll be there in 10. <laughs> curly fries well, well, or straight
0: fries? Curly. Curly
2: fries. Potato. Ooh, no. Sweet potato. Oh, or sweet potato. Oh, no, what, no, no. I can't do sweet potato fries.
0: What if they made sweet potato curly fries? Uh, I would I would give them a go. There you <laughs> go. I if if they're curly fries, they have to be seasoned. Agreed. Yes.
1: Like the ones from Arby's.
0: There you go. Yes,
1: me and Jay are on the same page.
0: <laughs> this episode not officially sponsored by Arby's.
1: Wait, I think this is the second episode we started off talking about food.
2: I don't know. Me and food go way back.
1: <laughs> Way back
0: <laughs> But but speaking of sponsors or contributors to the show i got to thank a couple new uh, contributors since our last podcast uh, Definitely appreciated uh, Kevin Harris, Katie Brazil, Jared Hokut And I'm hoping I'm getting these names right And then Jason Rausch uh, Jason's a good guy He's got a YouTube channel I'll make sure to put uh, a link in the uh, article
1: Thank you very much to all four of you guys. Really appreciate that.
2: Yeah, thanks. It really helps keep this ball rolling. And uh, if you guys would like to contribute, there is a contribute button on the sidebar of our website,
0: com. I always like how Jay says the instead of the. I can never
1: remember. Whenever I'm thinking, wait, which way is the correct way? I can never remember.
2: The versus the?
1: Yeah, it's the woodworking podcast. That's what we're going with.
2: I don't, it doesn't matter.
0: I just always picture like a butler with a, with a, a tuxedo on going, uh, yes, the woodworking podcast. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> anyway, anyway, so, um, you, uh, just made a walnut box. Was it, it was a walnut gift box actually, wasn't it?
0: Uh, yeah, it was a, a keepsake box, um, for my buddy, Ted Alexander. I'll put a link to his channel in there as well, but, uh, he had, he'd given me a box, gosh, it's probably been about 18 months ago, um, with a CNC top with my logo in it. And it was walnut and I forget the other wood. It was a, uh more of a light colored wood. It wasn't aspen. It wasn't maple. Uh, I forget what it was, but, uh, so it, I was long overdue for me to make him something. And, uh, it was one of those projects where I just wanted to go and, and knock it out. So I tried something completely new, um, and i just set up my phone in time lapse mode which i had never used before and uh, people said the video was too sped up which i agree but it really wasn't meant to be a video in the first place cuz you know i'm a, i'm a woodworker first you know i got into this you know making content thing much much later and this is one of those projects that it meant something to me and i didn't really want to take the time to to get a bunch of camera angles and but you know it turned out nice it was spalted maple which is um I get from my, my sawmill and oh man, just gorgeous stuff. If if you've never worked with it, it's fun to work with.
2: So the, the the top and bottom were spalted maple and the rest was walnut. Correct. Turned out looking real good.
0: Thanks. Yeah, just a couple of brass hinges and um kind of a, a paying homage to Ted. When he sent me my box, it didn't come with a latch, so I didn't put a latch on his.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I didn't see it. Uh did you put it on Instagram? Where where did you see it, Jay?
2: Uh he Instagram and YouTube.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay, I'm I'm behind. I need to check. I've I've had my niece here for the last week, week and a half. It's summer, and so it's been a ton of family time. So I have not um been on YouTube or or any of the social medias really.
2: Does she have any interest in woodworking at all or get out in the Um, shop with you?
1: Yeah, she really, I don't know if it's woodworking that she's really attracted to or just uh, spending time together. Um, because really I I think it's just since I'm at my shop, she wants to come and hang out with me. We both like really enjoy music. And so then she's, she's just kind of sitting around. So then she's like, well, what are you doing? Well, will you show me how to use that? well, how about i do this instead and then so she'll go over there and do like simple cuts while i'm joining or something so yeah it's really enjoyable and this is the longest time that we've had a quote unquote child in the house <laughs> so it's, it's 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 a change in pace for us and it's it's really enjoyable i mean she's 17 so it's not she's not really a child
2: <laughs> That's cool It's always fun i i always enjoy having someone else in the shop
1: I'll I mean, never
0: I was just going to say i I'll never have anyone else in my shop ever Never, ever, ever.
1: Never, ever? What about well, in July?
0: Yeah, that, that's what I was making a joke about, but yeah.
1: <laughs> for those of you who don't know, uh, Jay and I are going to Nick's shop in July for, what is it, 10 days total?
0: 10 or 11, 12? yeah.
1: Something, a week and a half, essentially. We're going to take over.
0: That's fine by me. we got a lot of stuff planned,
2: so hopefully we can get it all done.
0: Yeah, and it's been nothing but hectic around here. I've been trying to prepare for y'all's visit. Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> Y'all did, did you just say y'all? Y'all. Yeah, Mr. Mr. Did. Wisconsin if, say y'all?
0: If it's you part can of the say the
1: preparation. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, in fact, a uh, buddy of mine's coming over this afternoon to uh, help me uh, run some wiring for an air conditioner so that we're not uh, it'll be, you know, beginning of July so hot and humid, so
1: Man, that is so nice. Jay Jay has one, and then Drew Short with Rockin' H Woodshop, he actually just texted me saying AC's going in tomorrow, so one of those split units. So I guess I'm 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 probably going to be the next to conform and get one in mine.
2: <laughs> it is the single best improvement that I've made to any workshop space that I've ever had and has little to do with woodworking at all. You know, it's it's not really a woodworking tool at all, but it's it being comfortable in the environment in which you're working in is just so valued in my opinion. I've spoiled myself on it. Like I went to my buddy Wayne's shop a couple of weeks ago and Oh my gosh, it was it was a reminder of the summer before it was miserable.
1: <laughs> How is Wayne?
2: Wayne is doing good. Wayne's doing good. He got uh his shop all rearranged and organized and set up good and he is rocking and rolling on his next project. Uh he's making a what did he call it an occasional table. I think he's using walnut, supelee and hard maple, if I'm not mistaken
1: what is the purpose of an occasional table? What is um, that?
2: I think more like a entryway table, similar to yours or oh, okay. like a sofa table kind of style. Okay. Um, but he's rocking and rolling on that and, and, uh, starting to post more frequently on Instagram. So we'll post a link to his, his Instagram page. and You can follow along if you'd like.
0: Going back to the number one shop improvement. Uh, it'll be interesting to have air conditioning for once. And I was just Delighted to pull the uh, humidity out just for all the cast iron tools, but I'd have to say my number one would be heat. I mean, if you don't live in a cold climate, you know, that doesn't apply, but I've never uh, had any luck with uh, polyurethane uh, icicles, you know, trying to apply finish with a (laughs) frozen block of finish.
1: I, I agree that the uh the AC is nice, but I can tolerate the heat a lot better than I can tolerate the cold. So the heater would probably be on my list above the AC unit, but really what? above both of those as far as what I personally think is the best shop improvement is that dust collector. I don't I should have listened to you, Jay, long time ago. You told me too. As soon as you do it, you're gonna be thinking to yourself, why didn't I do this sooner? Yep. And that is it. Yep. I would choose Number one shop improvement: dust collection first, then work on making yourself comfortable with either AC or heat.
2: <laughs> yeah, dust collection is uh, man. That's that's that's, that's where un- it's at. Yeah, that's where it's at. It def- it's definitely another major major improvement.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: So speaking of shop improvements, um, you also have a lathe in the way, don't you?
0: Yeah, um, it's it's been absolutely crazy around here. Which one and did I- you end up going with? Ah, uh, the zero seven six six. Which what is got, that? <laughs> it's it's got a um, it's got a tw- uh, well a, a ten inch swing, so you can do twenty inch diameter over the bed, and then I believe forty two between centers or forty. I was looking at so many different models that I just knew I wanted something with with horsepower and it to be heavy as can be.
1: Why why was weight a concern or a focus? Uh, just,
0: just to eliminate vibration on larger pieces before you have things trued up, or if you want to do off-axis turning or anything like that.
1: Okay. See, I know so little about the lathe. All of the all of the dimensions that you rattled off, I really, I, I really can't correlate what what they belong to. So I'm excited to get up there and actually learn more about the lathe. In fact, I actually just got a lathe in as well, but I'm not going to unbox it or use it because I want to come up there and for it to kind of be like a teaching thing, you know. Like cool. so often, I just have to jump in and learn things on my own. So I'm really looking forward to the opportunity of, I don't know, have you guys shown me, I don't know, yeah. turning for the first time, you know? That's awesome.
0: Yeah, and and I'll have uh, high-speed steel tools as well as carbide. So you can kind of learn uh, both different camps in that respect. Uh, some guys are traditionalists and say high-speed all the way. Uh, but but carbide is a lot uh, lower learning curve. So
1: do, do people typically do both or do they typically go to one side or the other?
2: They both have their place. I mean okay. it, it they both have their place. What do place. you do,
1: Jay? It's, Since you're kinda new at it still.
2: Personal preference, I, I prefer the traditional tools, high speed steel. Um, okay. I just enjoy it more. I feel like you got more creative control with the different tools and and it's 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 um personal preference though. I mean you can get the job done just as easily with with the carbide tools and some people will say carbide's faster, some people say traditional's faster. It's just Use them both and see what you like.
0: I think when it comes to, say, roughing out a bowl, traditional would be faster all day long to a seasoned turner because with some of those bowl gouges, roughing gouges, these guys can get ribbons just peeling off and go from essentially a stump or a log to a roughed-out bowl in a matter of minutes. And, you know, carbide's essentially a glorified scraper, so you're not going to remove nearly as much material as, as fast.
1: Hmm. So even though, yeah, I mean, we seem to know a lot about the lathe. Even though th- you're just now getting one, you you're already well versed in turning.
0: Um, I wouldn't say well versed. No, um, I maybe maybe fifty turning projects under my belt. Oh wow! Which which isn't a lot though, because when once people get immersed into a lathe, they could have half that done in a weekend.
1: Gotcha, mm-hmm. Jay. But it, <laughs> you're nodding. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, it's 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 a rabbit hole.
0: It's just one of those things that I. You know, we talked about in an earlier podcast whether to—I uh, believe we did, anyways—to either buy a tool that you know you're going to end up with for a long time, or to to upgrade uh, as you outgrow it. And at at all possible, I try to buy a tool, you know, say a table saw or whatever that I'm going to have for many many years, and I don't have to. Then in six months, go oh, okay, I need something bigger with more horsepower, and now I got to worry about selling one to get another. So I've been saving for this lathe for eh, probably about a year and a half. And uh, it's, it should be something I have for a long, long time.
1: So now the important question, Nick. Do you have a spot cleared out for it in that shop of <laughs>
0: yours? <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, somewhat.
1: You're lying. <laughs> You're going to go out there after the podcast and make room.
0: <laughs> I, I wish you guys could see it because, oddly enough, where I have planned to put it, is um, let's see there that would be my uh, east wall, and I had my miter saw station there, and I moved that, and so that it basically could just be kind of swept up, and then that's where it goes. Okay. But there's you know I wouldn't have any room in front of it. That's that's what I needed to clear out.
1: <laughs> Jay, it's how's a- the uh, the dust collection on your lathe going?
2: Uh, I got a little uh, acrylic plastic attachment thingy magig. Shroud. I saw
1: that. I was wondering if you bought it or manufactured it.
2: No, it's a it's a shroud from um, I think it's Penn Penn State Industries PSI. Um, yeah. But it is a it, it's for basically ten inch or less spindle turning. Basically, it's not really great for bowl turning anyway. Um, but it's a magnetic shroud that just it's, it just sticks to the backside of the lathe bed, and for me, it works really 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 well so if i'm batching out a bunch of pens um hooking that up throwing some hearing protection on and just just going to town on the pens it collects like i would say 99 percent of the chips and then virtually all of the small dust from sanding um i really like it um it, it's one of those things you can, i couldn't use all the time if like i'm doing something on on video because it kind of does obstruct your view for the camera but okay. it's, it's a great little, great little product for what I'm using off camera, what I'm doing off camera.
1: That's cool. Hey, speaking of dust collection, how do you like your uh, MiterSol dust collection? That's something that I'm going to be moving into uh, probably this week, if not this weekend.
2: The way I have mine set up is more passive than, um, say, like an extraction setup. So I have the dust collection port in, an, in a sealed off box. So mm-hmm. basically what my objective is with my setup is to create an air draft that pulls the dusty air that's been thrown up in the air, the small stuff, create a small draft that pulls it all down. All the larger chips, they just fall into the back of the box and it creates a natural funnel and it builds up over time, maybe twice a year. Uh, I, think I, I think I've done it twice so far. You just get a little brush and brush it into the dust port if it gets too big or whatever, which really is unnecessary anyway, because the stuff on top will naturally funnel down, but I'm happy with the way mine's set up. Um, it's just a four inch port for the dust collector on the backside. It gets the crap out of my face. You know, a miter saw stirs up stirs up a fog of dust that you have to sit in and it gets that crap out of my face. All the other stuff, the larger stuff is contained in the box. Um, there is a channel called shop built, yeah Uh, i was gonna bring
1: up his that's what i'm gonna be going after where he actually put because that's where i watched his before and after of Mm -hmm. him cutting the material and it's just a cloud of smoke and then what he did was run a what was that a two inch diameter hose
2: yeah it's running off a shop vac whatever their larger size hose is and he he made did he make a custom shroud uh, or a dust boot i think
1: he yeah he cut the top to where it's like a almost like a scoop and it's placed right there where as the blade is cutting through the wood, it's, it's rotating back and all of that dust is being flinged directly into that suction, into the hose. I thought that was super clever, clever. And that's what I was going to try to do, but I'm trying to incorporate the dust right that I have that's wall mounted over on the miter saw. So that's a four inch hose that I'm gonna have to reduce down to a two inch so I've been thinking, well, maybe it's best if I just go with a um, a shop back instead because I really, I want to take care of that. That's pretty much the only area in my shop right now that doesn't have great DC on it.
2: I think you'd be good either way. I think you could use the dust right setup similar to the way uh, Ryan did his, I believe his name is Ryan, isn't it? Um,
1: I'm not sure. I just want anyway, the shop built Canadian.
2: <laughs> right, so I think you could use the the dust right in this in a similar situation to where maybe you could branch off on a Y right behind the saw and have two kind of four inch ports, uh, one on either side of the, the the main pivot area. You know what I'm saying?
1: Mm-hmm. You don't think that'll affect the bevel feature?
2: I mean, you may have to pull one of the hoses off when you need to use the bevel, but but really. Ha- ha- do you ever? How often? Yeah, right. Do you ever use the compound feature on your miter saw? I don't think I've ever used mine.
1: I actually just used it for the first time while I was building an outdoor garbage structure, like really? garbage shed structure. Yeah, I needed to because I was only using my miter saw and I was trying not to to uh, uh, go inside my shop. So, anyways, I beveled my my miter for the first time. And let me tell you what, it's it's kind of intimidating whenever you lean that saw over and you're not used to it being at a forty five, and then you're bringing it down. but no, it ended up working just fine.
0: (laughs) There's a company that sells a kind of a soft rubber. um, I guess you'd call it a shroud and same theory to get right behind the blade. And as it's spinning, you know, I mean, trying to collect chips at the source and as close to the source as you can get. um, That's another thing possibly worth looking into it, but it sometimes can get caught into the blade. That's why it's a soft that just cuts and sometimes wears, wears out. But, who, who I might even that? be magnetic i have uh no idea i could hmm. you know I'm, i bet you there's probably one or two different manufacturers on that
1: well if you're um, a listener and you know who makes that then leave us a comment below
0: yeah yeah it's just like a um, soft rubber you know i, I believe it's black kind of u-shaped and it just goes I, i've never had uh, dust collection on my miter saw so
1: and it doesn't seem than, to bother you
0: no um the, the only time that I really ever put dust collection on it is if I'm working in a theater and they have what they call blacks, which are the, the, the curtains, and they're really expensive and they, they really don't like white sawdust <laughs> on black curtains. But figure. But the, you know, then I you know typically will put like a saw hood and then you know, hook up a, a CT to it or something.
1: Cool. Well, I guess we can get into what, what we're all doing. Nick, what, what have you been up to other than making the keepsake box?
0: Um, I finished that up and I've been trying my best to get on that hardware organizer, but, uh, just haven't been able to find the time I opted before you guys show up at my house. I opted to, uh, uh, throw down some new flooring. Uh, We just got some cheap laminate, um, and doing the living room and the two bedrooms, the carpet, it was due. It was, you know, we've been here eight years or so and, uh, trying to get that done as well as, you know, that AC installed in the shop as well as, you know, getting and finding a spot for the lathe and finding that a home. Um, what else? There was one other major thing, and I completely forget about it. But, yeah, just a lot. Oh, I um, got a new router table as well with some uh, raised panel bits because we're going to be doing a video on on raised panel doors. Wow.
1: So. What, what table did you go with?
0: Uh, I got the Craig. Okay. Uh, yeah, I think they call it their precision router table.
1: Did you already set it up?
0: Yep. I got it completely uh, assembled and all that. I'm just kind of again cleaning the shop and trying to find a home for it.
1: What router did you put in your table?
0: Uh it's the 3 and a quarter Porter cable. Okay. Yeah, so plenty of power. Mm-hmm. Big
2: boy router. Yeah.
1: Or or big girl cuz I got a 3 and a quarter too.
2: <laughs> oh, well <laughs> Mine's never anyway. Um, so, uh,
0: (laughs) somebody has router envy, uh,
2: the, the router table though, is it, is it just like a bench top? I haven't seen it. Is it a bench top design or is it like a full stand up situation? Full
0: stand. Um, it's got steel, steel legs and everything. I just didn't have time to, to build it. And oddly enough, the legs are actually pretty beefy. It's a nice, solid metal. It's not like a, a press metal or anything. And the top is, um, got that like wafer pattern so it's it's relatively low friction for the top and then i i threw their router lift into it yet i haven't been able to use it yet i got it assembled and then went right onto the flooring so we'll have to test it out and the fence seems really nice it's a table saw style fence so it's got you know um, it glides on the right side of the router table and then it it locks down with a locking knob on the left
2: nice nice router table is one of those projects on my 2016 bucket list. Um, I don't know if I want to go with an extension wing again, it, it, my, the current layout that I have right now and putting one in my table saw extension wing just doesn't really work. Um, so making a standalone unit. And I thought about, cause I really don't use a router table that often to make just a, a customized bench top unit that I could just set up real fast and use. Um, but I also stumbled upon a an older Grizzly three horse shaper, 240 volt shaper for like 400 bucks. So it's like, uh, that's kind of nice too, but
0: yeah, that's, that's, that's a lot of power there. Yeah. I had a, um, aluminum top, uh, bench top, you know, router table for the longest time that I really never liked even since day one. And I thought this was a good excuse to, to upgrade because with the raised panel bits, um, it wouldn't even have fit in the opening of my aluminum top router table. So, this one has a nice, big, huge opening. So,
1: I forgot that we were going to be making raised panel doors. That'll be a good project.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I'm actually looking forward
2: to that. I've never used a raised panel set in a router. So, I want, I'm interested to see uh, how easy the workflow is for that. I imagine there's nothing to it, you know, just set what up. What have time. you
1: used them in before? Just a handheld?
2: Oh, I've never used race panel bits. I've always made raised panels on table saw.
1: Oh, I understand. Okay. I
0: yeah, see. I've never used a Freud's new, I guess they're calling it kind of like a quad cutter. It's got actually four uh, cutting blades. The raised panel bits I've ever used before only had the two, and they, they added two in the opposite direction, the opposite slice direction, to be able to get a much cleaner cut at the fillet. So I'm, I'm really interested in seeing how well those bits cut. You're going to have a
2: whole different shop by the time we get there.
0: Yeah, you are. That's, that's kind of the plan. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's, I, I tell my wife a lot that, um, I work well in my shop. I mean, I'm a big dude, but I'm, I'm oddly enough flexible. I mean, you might see me in the floor routine at the last Olympics, but, um, I'm sitting there, you know, ducking under stuff and crawling over stuff. And, um, it's, it works for me. It's not the safest thing in the world, but we all have our our flaws. But you know, with you guys coming, I'm gonna have two additional people, and I'm like, ah, oh, it's we gotta. I gotta get this clean. It's is gonna be, not nothing productive is gonna come of the way how messy it was. So,
2: <laughs> so April, you're working on a utensil holder.
1: Yeah, I'm working on a few different things. Um, I Every re- I did a utensil holder already for my kitchen, but. I made it a little bit too small over the past year, however long I've had it. I've just uh, purchased more and more utensils and cutting boards. So I need to make it a little bit bigger. So I'm rebuilding it and making it out of some a little bit nicer of wood. And that was a pretty simple project. I'm almost done with that. Oh, yeah. And then I'm moving to the DC for my miter. So I'm going to be focusing on that this week. And then I also unboxed my welder finally. I did that yesterday
2: kind of welder did you get
1: it's a lincoln meg um 210 nice i I, I honestly don't know the first thing about welding other than metal machine i know that there's stick and and wire fed so i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna dive in and start researching it all do practice welding like nick suggested in a previous episode and then do a simple little project see how it comes out
0: yeah i think you're gonna enjoy it once you know, it, you got a wire feed, so it's, a, it's a smaller learning curve. Yeah. And uh, a little bit of practice. I mean, you're, you you do not need to be an expert welder right out of the gate, but mm-hmm. a little bit of practice and all of a sudden you're just going to be like, wow, I can join two pieces of metal together. Exactly. You, you, it, <laughs> you just get this huge, like, Superman feeling of uh-huh. like, Oh man, I could, you, you almost looked like, okay, what, what else can I join together in metal? <laughs> yeah.
1: I've actually, I have, uh, probably eight different projects on my, on my metal welding list already. So I'm not, I mean, it's just accumulating the more and more I think about it. So I imagine once I actually start my first project and complete it and kind of understand more about it, it's just going to be easier and easier to, to add to that. But I'm really excited about just yet another thing of learning and. That and turning and then woodworking—it just makes me feel kind of, kind of cool to be honest.
0: <laughs> Any type of large slab, a nice grain piece of wood, and just a couple, you know, tubular steel legs—it's just a really awesome look.
1: Oh, I agree. Retro Well Douglas does uh, things like that. Of course, Laura Camp. And every time I look at it, I'm just like, man, that looks so slit, uh, sleek and elegant, but mm-hmm. also like tough and. Awesome. So yeah, I'm really looking forward to not only doing getting into metalworking, but also mixing the two. Yeah. Jay, what are you up to in your shop?
2: I, I got this week's stuff done. Uh, this Sunday's video is going to be on my bandsaw. So I upgraded to uh, I put the riser block on, which <clears throat> I wanted to make a video on doing it, but it turned out to be like like stupid easy. It was insanely easy. So I kind of feel like. This video will be like missing some substance. It's just not going to be an awesome video. In my, I, I don't think anyway. So I'm wanting to do a couple of lathe projects this week. A couple of lathe videos. Some, another, you know, so, something simple like uh, turning a a pine platter or maybe a tool handle or something like that. Just you know, get a lathe and have fun kind of video. Um, other than that, last week was pretty busy. I had a friend with me in the shop, Jeff Ferguson. We recorded a couple of videos unexpectedly one was a an asian inspired coat rack that Jeff, jeff's been wanting to make for a while for his place and we just said eh, let's let's throw one together real fast so a very simple four board design and it turned out way better than what i thought it would uh, yeah i thought
1: it looked really nice i saw it
2: yeah it was it was um <clears throat> I, I it was one of those projects that i just really wasn't feeling the design before we started but once it got done, I was like, hey, that's, that's not too bad. It looks pretty nice. Um, so it was a useful project for him. He's already back home, has it hung up and using it and all that good stuff. And other than that, you know, just just hung out in the shop last week and um, just get away from the normal hustle and bustle. And it was it was pretty fun.
1: That's cool. So going back to your point about the riser blocks and the video not having substance, sometimes I struggle with that because I started this off as – Kind of like with the intentions of putting together tutorials to somebody who was looking for the information, and so now that I'm kind of more of a of a larger channel and people following me from week to week, I, I sometimes feel the pressure of I, I really want to make a video on this. Whatever it is, changing a light switch just as an, or adding riser blocks just as an example. But I I think to myself, for the people who are following me week to week and not really like typing into Google, how do you do this? They're, they're not going to find value out of this video. So then I'm like, okay, let me do a project instead. And then I end up not releasing that video. And I often like think to myself, I don't know if that's making the right move or not, because if, I don't know how to put on riser blocks, Jay, and I have the same bandsaw as you. And so if I ever get to the point where I want to go and buy the riser blocks and put them on, more than likely, I would follow my same pattern and I would type it into Google or YouTube to see how do you do this and hope that there's a tutorial out there. You know what I mean? So yeah, I think that you should totally put it out there. And I've kind of thought of a way to Maybe to pacify both to where I could make it an unlisted video. That way it's out there on YouTube and it's available for people searching for it. But I'm not going to be bombarding my week to week followers who probably won't find much value in it.
2: I don't think you. I would do unlisted. I mean, you could do just regular and then not notify your subscribers. But even yeah. so, I mean, I think there's a large. Oh, I thought
1: that was the same thing.
2: No, unlisted means any. you have to have the URL in order to be able to watch it. You can't search it.
1: Um, oh okay I'm sorry I misspoke that's what I meant to like publish it but not push it out to all my subscribers
2: right but at the same time you know I think John Heist said this uh, like a year or so ago there's there's a core audience that you have that just just wants to see what you're up to so they don't necessarily Mm -hmm. um, care about this particular project or this particular project but they still want to watch your stuff because they just care about what you're up to so I would Mm -hmm. I'd just release stuff like that like a normal video you know
1: Hmm.
2: I mean, not every not every batter hits a home run every single time they step up to the plate. You know what I'm saying?
1: That's, that's true. But all of us want to. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes
2: we strike out. It just happens.
0: <laughs> I just want to hit the home run so I don't have to run around the bases.
1: <laughs> you can just walk and take your time.
0: <laughs> yeah, leisurely stroll. stroll. <laughs>
1: Nick, you crack me up.
0: <laughs> <laughs> like, can I get back to the dugout already? <laughs>
1: you, know, you have a... Uh, uh, step in i forget what they're called a substitute run the bases for you
0: there you go yeah i don't think you can do that mid to midway to first base though <laughs> <laughs> i hit the ball be like come on get over here
2: <laughs> cremona start running
0: yeah <laughs> yeah
1: Cremona's i'm going back. A de- designated base runner
0: i'm going back to the dugout they got water and sunflower seeds
2: <laughs> hot dogs <laughs>
0: Yeah, I don't think you've ever seen that at a ballpark where one of the players actually goes, Hey, hot dog guy, you know, that'd be me. (laughs) (laughs) All right, me talking about food again. How lovely.
2: (laughs) All right, you guys want to Uh, ask some some questions? Go ahead.
0: Yeah, we got a question here from uh, Kevin H. Uh, He said, Can you guys discuss your table saw, uh, miter saw, circular saw, blades? Do you swap out for ripping, cross cuts, and and what you do for, for blade selection?
1: I'll start off because I'm probably the simplest one here. I don't ever switch my blade. The only time I switch my blade is on my table saw for a regular blade and a dado stack. I, I get a combination blade just because I'm super lazy and I'm not gonna, I know myself. I'm not gonna make, I'm not gonna make the time, even if I had the blade hanging on the wall to, to, to switch them out.
0: I, I switch blades. Um, uh, I wouldn't say a blade snob, but, um, I, I, would say like a 40 tooth or a 50 tooth combo blade resides in my table saw the most. But when it comes to, especially plywood, I use, um, mostly Freud stuff. They're Freud industrial stuff. Um, they're Diablo. Yeah, I don't know. It's, it, It's just, I guess, one notch below what I'd prefer. But their uh, fusion and industrial stuff I really like. Uh, They have a really nice plywood melamine blade that is almost zero chip out on the veneer layer. So that's just super handy to not have to worry about that top or bottom. Uh, My dado stack, I'll use just even an outside chipper in case I need an eighth inch, you know, flat bottom hole like the, a spline groove or something that's going to show. And uh, for my miter saw, it's a negative rake angle blade, again, just trying to eliminate tear out. And it's just, yeah, I'm kind of, uh, you know, I, I don't mind changing them out. I don't think it takes all that long. And I like the, the clean cut when you're done.
2: For me, I've always swapped from the factory blade. But once I have something set, that's pretty much it. So a circular saw, I've never used a circular saw out of the box that had a great blade on it. That's one of those quick and easy, inexpensive upgrades for a, you know, a fifteen dollar um, carbide tooth circular saw blade. Generally speaking, there's so many different brands out there that'll have a great improvement over a factory blade. The table saw I don't switch out for certain tasks, other than like Abel said, the dado stack. I'll switch that out. But um, <clears throat> previously I've used Irwin Marple's ten inch blades on all of my other table saws. This one. Uh, I'm using the Sawstop full kerf titanium 40 40 or 44 tooth blade. It's not a combination blade. And it's like a, a like a $60 blade or something like that, but it it rips excellently. I don't get any burn marks on the side of my uh, mm-hmm. side of the material for having too many teeth as I'm cutting. And really, I use a lot of really thin veneered birch plywood, and a, this this 40 tooth blade is just absolutely great with, with virtually zero tear out so I'm very pleased with it the, the miter saw I always pick uh, a, a really high tooth numbered blade I think this it's a 12 inch blade on this miter saw so I think it's like a 96 tooth or a 100 and something tooth blade something like that dedicated for cross cutting on a miter saw and other than that you know it's just you get it set and I don't change it really Even like using, uh, even like using splines, like your spline jig you just made. I I just cut it with a regular blade. You you have those little, you know, Batman wings or whatever. Yeah, I just glue it in there. It'll be fine. It's not noticeable in my opinion.
0: (laughs) I and and another thing I guess worth mentioning is the the difference in a cross cut and a rip cut. And uh, sometimes people get confused or they don't understand why a higher tooth count for crosscut and crosscut against the grain you're making small chips you're severing the fibers small you know small particles uh, ripping you're going with the grain so you're more or less you know gouging you can get longer not necessarily ribbons but longer um, you know chips uh, so it, you need a, a deeper gullet and less teeth to be able to clear that material and so something like a, a 40 tooth specifically for a rip blade with deeper gullets is great for ripping especially if you're going through anything thicker than three quarter or one inch it it just makes a big difference in burning so
2: all right well tom tom meanie asks what is your favorite thing to have what is your favorite thing that you have learned from another youtuber that has just really helped you out with a problem Been a light bulb moment or just something you never really knew um this for me it's obvious i A big fan of John Peter's channel. He's got a lot of really cool practical tips, tricks, practical projects, and just overall, it's a great channel in my opinion. And one of the things that he said that was just like the light bulb moment for me is he does a lot of trim work. And he said, always think about how the trim ends. And that's something that I never really put much emphasis on. But now, anytime I'm thinking about trim, that's the first area I look at. Well, how does this end? And can I do this with it looking all right where it doesn't, you know? So, for me, that's that's my light bulb moment.
0: Me, I would say just in general watching videos and or shop tours because woodworking or, you know, any type of, the, you know, garage type stuff is typically in years past been a, um, a solitary just you know you're out in your shop nobody sees it neighbors friends family they don't see it and you might have a really interesting workflow or you know tools positioned in a certain way so that's typically what i learn most from is seeing other people their workflow their shop layout and go oh man i wonder if i move my joiner over here like that That and it's just you know just an overall improvement just to see how others work in their space but what about you april
1: I don't know if I have a favorite thing or even one thing that I would put above the others because I guess maybe it's a little different for me than you guys because I didn't grow up thinking about woodworking or building or um, not even growing up, but I know that you have like 20 years experience of using tools and woodworking. So me, I didn't even think about tools for until three years ago. And so whenever I watch a YouTube video, Smallest things just really stand out to me. And so I, I pick up stuff from all different sorts of channels. John Peters, I agree. Outstanding channel. Tons of good tricks. But like, even like Jay, I learned how to make drawers from your channel and I still make my drawers the same exact way. Uh, Nick, I remember the, uh, the glue using a straw to get the squeeze out glue from Jimmy DeResta. I use hot glue from him. Izzy making a, um, A guide at the like a drill press if you if you're in a position where you can only use a drill going to uh, pick up a scrap piece of wood and make a straight hole at the drill press and then use that as as a drill guide to make a straight hole I mean just stuff like that I pick up so many different tips from so many different channels because everything's just so new to me that I don't I don't even know that (laughs) you know I don't know the simplest things or I I haven't known the
0: simplest things that's cool though that you get you pick up all the little tidbits over over time yeah and you know, I've, I've had comments too on a couple of my videos where, Hey, I really liked this portion. And I even had to go back and rewatch the video because it wasn't um, a conscious effort to yep. show that. That's just how I work.
1: Yeah. And, because, and that's
0: really neat to see.
1: Yeah. Something else that I learned from your channel that's really cool is whenever, if in, instead of doing math, you can do something that, uh, you put the, t- the, the ruler across. And even if it's not completely horizontal, you, you slant it in order to make an even number, like a, at 10 centimeters or 10 yep. inches anyways yeah. so yeah i just pick up things like that but it's you that's just the way that you work it's not consciously i'm going to show this as an example so
0: awesome that's cool to hear i actually remember when you commented on that and yeah. that's one of the things i had to i'm like what is she talking about and i went back to watch the minute marker and i'm like oh yeah it's just that much i mean if your board is nine and you know i don't know nine and 13 16ths and trying to find the center well just tilt it till it's 10 and didn't five and How then about mark that?
1: five exactly yeah.
0: so and that also works nice too if you have to divide um your board not only in half but say you have to do thirds or quarters that way if you you know go out to you know say nine you can do thirds at three or move it to ten and do quarters you know so yeah it's just a little bit easier that way and quicker because as our our metric friends will say you know fractions are no fun <laughs> One of the tips, oddly enough, in my videos that I, I gave, and I I'm, I was reserving it for a, a, another video coming up, but I'll I'll share because people with, with fractions, they always kind of, you know, this is probably obvious to most people, but if you did divide a fraction in half, you just double the bottom number. So if, you know, it's three-eighths, you want to divide that in half, then it would be three-sixteenths. Correct. So anything quick, make things quicker and more accurate. Well,
2: yeah. All right. The last question is from <laughs> Daddy Woof Dog. Wh- wh- whoever Daddy Woof Dog is, he says, um, "What is the size of screws and bolts that you seem to use the most or keep stocked? For example, you lost all of your screws, bolts, and you had to restock. So, what's type, what size of screws and bolts would you go when you went to the hardware store? The reason I ask is because I n- always seem to never have." Uh, enough or the right sizes, so I wanted to start stocking up on different sizes. I don't really stock up personally on just about anything. I, if I know I need to have uh, this particular length of screw, then I always try to just get a five pound box of whatever it is. I don't want to, screws are so handy in certain applications and, and various different lengths, so I'd rather have a small little bucket of them on hand for various different sizes, whatever. But as far as what sizes, I typically always use inch and a quarter drywall screws or um, I think it's a two inch screw, like two inch decking screw. Uh, And and typically if I'm using hardwoods, I try to not use the drywall screws because they're bad about breaking off in the hardwoods.
0: I'm kind of a, a hardware aficionado, I suppose. Because um, that's the project I'm working on is a huge hardware organizer, and I would say for for bolts, any type of you know like a machine bolt, quarter twenty is what I go with. I mean, on the filming side, that helps because most camera gears quarter twenty. But aside from that, completely quarter twenty is substantial enough to. Uh, you know beefy enough to bolt just about anything together that you need yet small enough to where you're not throwing huge bolts in in, in every little project and so i have a complete set of separate and dedicated um hardware thing just a quarter 20 which includes a lot of star knobs for jigs and fixtures in the shop a lot of you know, like t-track bolts and carriage bolts can be ground down to fit in most miter t-tracks so that's good for the carriage bolt end of it screw end of it um I typically try to use wood screws. In fact, I have a video on, I think it's called Secret Screws and MDF Versus Hardboard, um, and where I talk about buying screws gradually. But number eights for for wood screws, I think, is the most popular in my shop. Uh, drywall screws, I, I tend to shy away from because of their brittle nature, if, if, if I need to do anything structural. But uh, look into, like, a good size is if you're, you know, screwing two pieces of three-quarter together You might not want to get an inch and a half screw because by the time you countersink it, the point just pokes through. So look for something more like an inch and five eighths to join three quarter together. But inch and a quarter, and then going back to what's that? Inch and a quarter. Inch and a quarter. Yeah, sorry. Anyway, Um, and then carriage bolt. I was talking with uh, Angie Overton. Um, She had a a machine bolt that was a little bit too long. So a good tip: throw a, a nut on a carriage bolt, then you can cut it. To any length you want then remove the nut that'll restore the threads uh, from you know smashing over so that way you can limit your hardware by getting maybe some of the odder sizes but get them longer and that way if your application calls for a, a one inch you can cut it down to that what do you think, April? you are you a big hardware hoarder?
1: Yeah, yeah, kind of. Not I mean, not excessively, but I have a, a little bit of everything. Since I have good screw box organizers on my shop wall, I try to keep two boxes of all the sizes from inch and a quarter to three inches. So I have inch and a quarter is probably my most used, uh inch and five eighths, two, two and a half, and then three. And then I try to always keep one inch screws, both in number six and number eights, in wood screws. Because they don't sell the uh, one inch and the five pound boxes at my local hardware store, at least. So, um, I try to get those little baggies of a hundred count and throw those in my hardware bin. And then I'm with you. Most of, most of like my bolts and whatnot are all quarter 20s. So I have a a huge assortment of washers, nuts, lock nuts, and bolts. And then I also keep a, a few lag bolts on standby in both a quarter and three eighths of an inch. But anything else outside of that, I go and uh, purchase as needed.
2: You guys sound like hardware stores.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's, well, that's my, my goal is to have like 95% of the hardware I'll ever need in a project. Not only because of the building aspect, but home and home repair. Yeah. If, you know, yeah, you can improvise, but sometimes if you have a more suited piece of hardware, it makes a project or a fix go a lot quicker because a lot of times I'll say, all right, well, it's going to be at least 40 minutes round trip by the time I have to go somewhere and come back.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, and I have a hardware store just a few blocks from me. So it's not that big of a deal. But it's so frustrating whenever you're motivated. And typically, if I'm doing hardware on something, it's like the tail end of the project. And I'm ready to be done with it and ready to see if it works. And so it's so frustrating for me to not have either one or two nuts that I need and have to go to the hardware store in order, in order to purchase them and then come back. So yeah, I'm with you. I try to if I'm going to the store because I need to two-inch screws, I try to look at my other boxes and see what else I'm low on or what else I don't have. And I try to pick it up at the same time, even if they're not needed for that project.
0: I wonder how well or how poorly a conversation would go with my wife. if, if you know, Because you live next to a real close by to a hardware store. If I say, hey, I'd like to move And I want to move really close to a hardware store. Let's look at houses. (laughs) She'd probably look at me like I'm crazy. That's
1: part of the criteria. Cody and I are looking or thinking about looking for a new house. And my criteria is uh, somewhere around five to plus acres. Maybe has a shop. If not, definitely has to have room to build one. Good school district and near a hardware store.
2: (laughs) (laughs) That is nuts. (laughs)
1: <laughs> no way! It's practical, Jay. <laughs> I
2: think I'm. I think I'll say I'm the opposite of you guys. I, I I don't like to buy anything just for stock purposes because I think you'll just end up accumulating stuff as you go, and then you'll have some assortment there. But anytime I need something, I'm going to try and buy it a little bit in bulk, like you know, like a five-pound box, something like that.
0: Mm-hmm. Bulk—that's a sample pack in my standards. <laughs> sample pack. <laughs>
2: all right folks well that's all we have for you guys today we want to remind you that there's a couple different ways you can stay up to date with the podcast and get notified of any new uh, content go to the or the whichever the or the (laughs) woodworkingpodcast.com and up at the top you'll find a couple different ways to subscribe via android rss or on itunes and if you'd like to support the show there is a contribution button in the sidebar and all of that is very much appreciated it really helps keep this ball rolling Uh, but until next time guys thanks for listening and we'll talk to you next time
1: Bye, everyone. See you guys later.